the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Factory orders slipped four-tenths of a percent in April versus expectations that were just slightly less, but that's bad. Uh, 44% of covered California customers report difficulty paying premiums, and a similar percentage of uninsured Californians say the high cost of coverage is the main reason they go without insurance. When they file other taxes, they're going to find that they have a penalty this year, and the next year it goes higher. Elon Musk defends his $4.9 billion government money for his companies. Um, SolarCity, SpaceX, Tesla have all been at, benefited to the tune of $4.9 billion dollars. Apple is about to make a big play next week into the music streaming industry. They were going to try to get away with $7.99, but the music label's bought, so it'll be a $10 service. They're going to sign up big names to try to help promote it, get ready for a big-time advertising push. Fitbit says it plans to price an IPO at $14 to $16 a share. It's a San Francisco-based company. They sell wearable devices that allow people to track their physical activity, heart rate, and calories burned. Um, so far, they've sold over 20 0.8 million devices. That's revenue of about $745 million. Uh, Intel CEO is trying to get away from PCs by buying Altera, getting into data centers, and hopefully allowing it to exploit some uh, a new market that's going to be known as the Internet of Things. Thursday night, I'm going to be in Burlingame talking income and retirement. Let's talk a little bit of income now and what retirement looks like with CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton newfocusfinancial.com. Mr. Burton, here comes another email question for you. If I'm in my, and it comes from Sarah, if I'm in my late 20s, I almost have a full year of expenses and savings, and my savings checking retirement is almost at 100000 what should I be focusing on next? So Sarah has 100000 in her Savings plus she's got a year saved up. It sounds like she's got a 401k with a hundred thousand. Ah, okay, All right. And she's got a year of expenses. You got an age on this girl? Phone number? Pushing thirty. <laughs> she's in her late twenties. She currently contributes job. contributes fifteen percent of her salary to her 401k. With Sarah's eight, been listening. With an eight percent match, she saves seven hundred dollars a month into savings. What's her next 
oh, her next financial goal, she says, I want to buy a house. But I guess she's asking, uh, what else should she be thinking about? Well, <clears throat> so, Sarah, if you're a high-income earner and you can't do a Roth, we'll talk about that for a minute. Let's say if you're eligible for a Roth. Okay. That's she, the, that, actually, I, I know her. I met her at the seminar the other day. Okay. So she, she eligible for a Roth, Rob? Yeah, she makes about 60. Her boyfriend makes about 80. Okay, so, so yeah, they're they're under the well, if they're not married, it's just based on her income, so she's fine. So I'd still continue to fund a Roth IRA because if her goal is to save for the first house, I mean, you know, you can five percent down in the Bay Area, get a five percent down loan. Good luck with that. Still, even a five percent on a Bay Area home, she's got a while. Most houses are uh, going up for cash. Yeah. So if you're if you're coming in with five percent, you're not going to be considered. You know, at that age, sixty thousand of income. I mean, you don't have to own the house that you live in. You could go buy a rental property somewhere else, um, where somebody you know lives, some real estate agent in a great upcoming area somewhere in the northwest. Or I don't know, you used to like Carolina, North Carolina for. I like college towns. College like towns. Raleigh's fine. Yeah. Think about college towns. Do you ever get uh, bad renters or party animals in your in your homes? Um, no, but. I could see how it could happen. Yes, yeah, so you just got to be careful. You, I use a management Good company. property manager, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing. Is I don't see how you would afford to buy a Bay Area home in a nice area with $60,000 of income. It's not going to happen. Right. So be a renter. Don't be ashamed of it, As long as, especially as long as you're saving 15 to 20% of your pay like Sarah's doing. Yeah. I think that a Roth IRA growing tax-free in the stock market over 20 years will probably beat that real estate. And, you know, people say, well, my Bay Area home has doubled over the last... 10 years, 15 years. So is the stock market over the last five or six from the bottom. And over the last 100 years, it's averaged 11% without property taxes, without maintenance, without remodeling. You know, eh, you know, remodeling a portfolio is a quarterly rebalance, right? Right. It's not tearing out all your kitchen appliances every 10 years. So, um, Which I seem to be doing every like three. <laughs> so I don't know what's wrong with my kitchen appliances. You're a crazy cooker. I don't know. You're you need to go bam all the time and just throwing stuff in the pan. <laughs> I did do a little bit of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do the Roth IRA because in a Roth IRA, if you're funding the Roth IRA, it's going to grow tax-free for your retirement. Right. But if you ever decide to buy a house, you can always take your contributions out without paying taxes on those contributions. Okay. If you're under 59 and a half, you're going to pay taxes plus a penalty on the gains. Right. Um, so you can always get the contributions back out. So Definitely continue to max out that Roth IRA. Okay. Um, and then continue to save in very tax-efficient mutual funds. So that would mean that your taxable account, after you've maxed your Roth IRA, you'd be wanting to do invest in large-cap and mid-cap index ETFs or mutual funds, no-load mutual funds, which means that in your 401k at work, that's where you'd have all the other assets, your small cap, your emerging market. So you've got to start balancing your asset location. So you look at your overall asset allocation, and say, okay, I want my taxable accounts to be my large cap, mid cap, longer term hold, tax managed uh, ETFs or no load mutual funds. And then, like I said, everything else in your retirement accounts, your REITs, your small cap, your emerging markets, all that kind of stuff there. So uh, she just has to be careful where she's accumulating different types of assets to keep her taxes low and just continuing to save. And who knows, maybe in five, 10 years, she'll have enough money to buy that Bay Area home. Okay. Um Thanks very much for that. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black. Again, we're doing an event together with Michelle Lerman Thursday evening, a couple days, in Burlingame. 
would love to get a big turnout. Um, just, I think people need some help with retirement income. Uh, it's kind of obvious, you know. When you're 60, you're going to be like, wow, I don't have enough income. Or I've got a lot of Apple stock, but it's not paying enough income. Or it'll be something along those lines. So you have to have a strategy. What do you sell? What stocks do you sell first? What stocks do you sell second? How about your tax ramifications, your Social Security? Um, I've numerous times in the past couple months told friends that, you know, as they're heading towards retirement, I said, you know, try to delay taking Social Security until you're 70 if you're healthy, if you can. But a lot of people, you know, like, woohoo, I hit retirement age, 62-ish. I'm jumping out. I'm done. Feeny. I'm going to live off the government check. But if you wait till you're 65, you get what you deserve. If you wait till you're 70, you get more. If you start getting in your early 60s, you get less. Um, I think it's a huge mistake. And, like, just some people don't have this kind of conversation. And they should. Uh, but, again, they don't. I don't know. Um, just trying to work with you. You can learn more at robblack.com, robblack.com, for the event coming up Thursday evening in Burlingame. Um, it's at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel. Isn't that confusing? Don't you remember back in the days where Hilton's were Hilton's and Doubletree's were Doubletree's? Now it's a combo, Doubletree by Hilton Hotel. You can learn more about the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Auto sales are rolling in better than expected. GM up 3% for down 1.3, but it was expected down 3 uh, Fiat up 4%, Volkswagen of America up 8.1%. Nestle, maker of Hot Pockets and Lean Pockets and California Pizza Kitchen and DiGiorno Pizza. Um, they're going to remove artificial flavors. They're going to cut salt in some of their foods. Um, as restaurant chains and food companies are under pressure to offer less processed products. That's good news. I haven't eaten a Hot Pocket in 20 years. Maybe I'll start. I'm Rob Black. Money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. You listen, I'll do my best to get you some good information. Samsung's Galaxy S6 struggles to keep up with Apple's iPhone. Um, Samsung is counting heavily on the Galaxy S6 and S6 Edge to lift sales, and so far it's really not doing much. Chipotle just revealed a new potential menu item out of Kansas City. Can you guess what it is? Mexican-style sausage. Mmm, chorizo. Lego just created its own mutton that's going to help them enormously because things with their pork supply chain. Lego created its own Minecraft video game. Looks awesome! And you can play it right now. Minecraft is enormously popular, and it's kind of like playing virtual Lego. 
So Lego said, we'll make virtual Lego. Thank you. Walmart's going to raise wages for about 100,000 employees uh, tied towards service-oriented departments such as electronics and auto care, all the way up to almost 13 bucks an hour to $25 an hour. Uh, from the currently 10 bucks, we'll get up to 13, and the 20 buck employees will get up to 24. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Chad specializes in retirement issues, financial planning issues. Um, these are issues that are kind of intense, expense planning for retirement income. What's the best way to go out trying to figure out cash flow projections and taxes and insurance and inflation? All things that are almost like dirty words mm -hmm. to people who want to live and just in the moment and not necessarily think about these big issues coming down the road. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a whole webinar on the website, New Focus Financial, that you can watch from your own home and... I go through the cost of retirement, all, this, all the ways that you have to calculate. I mean, first, the first thing is it's not rocket science. It's called sitting down with a spreadsheet and tracking your expenses for a while to get a clear idea of what you spend on utilities and all the things to keep the lights on. But then focusing on what you want retirement to be like, what's going to get you out of bed, okay. keep you motivated, what your routine is, the gym, the golf course, tennis, whatever it is, and find out what all those costs are. Realize that your travel costs are probably going to increase. Realize that you might be helping kids and grandkids more and putting that all into play and then saying, okay, here's my income need. Here's my accounts that I own, my IRAs that haven't been taxed, my low-cost basis stock, my high-cost basis stock. What's your individual taxes? I mean, it takes some hard work to really dial it down to make sure the final, you know, what you, do you really have enough to retire? In your 20s and 30s, you're saving 10 to 15% of pay, knowing that you'll probably be okay if you do that. But before you pull the trigger and retire, you got to know, am I really on track? Now, we got on the website, there's also the How Long Will It Last PDF that you can download. Okay. That shows you, it says, okay, it's, it assumes that every year you draw more, 3% more for inflation. And you can clearly look and say, if I'm earning 6% on my money and I'm pulling out 6% a year, it'll tell you how long your money's going to last. And so you can at least get a basic idea once you've sat down and done your expenses and your tax calculations and your healthcare costs. I really don't think most people, and I'll give you an example in my life, um, I don't think most people have the ability to do that, Chad. Um, family member... Or in, the time. Or the time. Or the getting it close. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a family member who just inherited some money. New car's already been bought for $60,000. Yep. Um, on top of that, new, new Mac for a 70-year-old-plus woman who probably doesn't need all the computing power of a new Mac. Um, and yet, some of these expenditures are starting to add up fast. Right, right. So um, what do we need to know when we do inherit some chunk of change? What's or just have any kind of a windfall. Windfall? Um, don't do anything for a long period of time because it can take some counseling. Some people, Rob, have a mental block and feel like they should be broke, no matter what their situation is. Uh, you know, I, when I was really, That's really young in the business, I, I had a... I had a neighbor that got $700,000 from a Fenfen case. and Fenfen, the medication, yeah, the diet yeah. medication that caused heart problems. You know, and I tried to get, him, get her to invest over and over, and all of a sudden, new cars. Kids had new cars. The house oh. was being remodeled. They bought another house. She let her son move in rent-free to this house. He's having parties, destroying it. And sure enough, ran into one of the daughters, you know, about 15 years later, and mom's broke. $700,000 gone. Because some people have this mental thought that they don't deserve it or they shouldn't have it, and they make really quick decisions. They feel like 
anxious. There's there's nothing that you should be investing in that that's going to go away right now. Anybody that's giving you that fire sale kind of a notion that you have to do something right now, don't work with them. When you look at a bucket list, um, I do something kind of similar with a Christmas list every year. Mm-hmm. I come up with a list of 10 people that I love and care about and that I want to get gifts for, and then I cross 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 off the list. <laughs> so and I only get gifts for the top three people. Yep. And that's my way of keeping in with my budget um, and not get – because, Chad, you don't care. You just buy bunt cakes for everybody, right? You and me, or the two of us know each other well, and you don't care if I get you a gift. You just want me to have a beer with you on occasion and, yeah. and say, good job. So we yeah. o- we basically, I'm saying we over-gift. It is. I mean, we're kind of at the point where people feel like they're supposed to do it, and if they don't, there's something wrong with you. I don't I, – I, it could all go away, and I'd be fine with it. And that goes back to the bucket list. I think you should have a bucket list of things you want to do. But I think you should keep the cost down as well and not yeah. just, you know, go wild. Seniors gone wild. What do you think? <laughs> you think Joe Francis is quaking in his boots? Let's do that. I'm sure there's already something like that on the Internet. There always is. You know, the worst thing I ever saw that just told me the decay in society was bum fights. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. There's almost nothing worse than that. There's a whole movie based on that, too, like Bum with a Shotgun. No. Yeah. <laughs> Fun with the shotgun or something get, like that. I don't get to the movie theaters that you get to. It wasn't a movie. It was like a one of those days where I don't watch that much TV, and I was flipping through it, and Bum with the Shotgun was on, and it was the whole thing started off because of the filming, a bum trying to do It's just horrible. That guy should be in jail. Nice. <laughs> it's CFP Chad Burton. That spot went downhill real quick, didn't it? <laughs> it's okay. CFP Chad Burton talking retirement issues. These are all issues, and I think that was a real segment with real content. Um, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. He alluded to some good downloads of that site. So check it out, newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. New car loans keep getting longer. The average new car loan has reached a record 67 months. So even though the car numbers that came out today were pretty darn good, the truth is they're pretty darn bad because more Americans are buying cars that they can't afford. So instead of paying them off in four or five years, they're paying them off in six or seven years. In the end, you'll pay. Fitbit plans to IPO at 14 to $16 a share. Apple's going to reveal their big music play next week as part of their developers conference where maybe we get a little more information on TV, but we'll definitely get a service on music that is completely expected. Elon Musk is defending his $4.9 billion that the government has given him as subsidies for either running SpaceX, Solar City, or Tesla. Big LA Times piece on that. Factory orders slipped four tenths of a percent in April. If you get a package from Amazon, you might find uh, some minions on it. It's Amazon fulfillment centers have begun shipping customers' orders in bright yellow minion-themed boxes. Obviously, it's an ad campaign. Uh, very smart. The Minions movie coming out this summer. Gotta love the Minions. Talk to you soon. Now, Patrick O'Hare, 
Brief Market Strategist with Briefing.com. It's the first stop I make every morning when I'm deciding what the stories and what the, the unfolding of Wall Street looks like. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? I'm doing well, Rob. Good to be back with you. I seem to be feeling market valuation is the big story right now on Wall Street. Maybe a side story is can our economy grow enough in the back half of the year like we did last year to support or build off that valuation? Am I in the right ballpark? Yeah, I think it, you know the valuation issue has kind of been just this overhanging issue for the market. You know, um, it tends to come into focus uh, around periods of, of volatility, uh, and we have seen our our share of roller coaster action this year. The market overall hasn't gone very far, but there's been some decent, you know, swings up and down. And uh, and it's a you know in my mind a legitimate fundamental uh, case to 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 basically explain why the market can't uh, necessarily break out to the upside here because you already have the S P 500 trading uh, at a high multiple uh, at the same time earnings per share growth is decelerating um, and so you have investors that are are basically taking a step back and they're not willing to pay up for every dollar of earnings as eagerly as they were uh, in years past. And, uh, you know, that's probably going to continue to be the case in my estimation uh, if we don't get uh, any pickup in earnings uh, in, the, in the latter half of the year, which should flow from, you know, a pickup in economic activity, as, as you suggest. But neither of those are looking like guarantees at this point. Hmm. Um, with that said, would you refer to this as a stock picker's market versus a market where indexes are in favor? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's probably for people that are, are looking to, you know, generate that uh, excess return, um, they will have to think more in terms of individual stock selection. Uh, the, you know, the, the passive approach through index investing uh, may generate a positive return, but, you know, we're looking for a pretty low single-digit return right now um, when we look at the fact that uh, S&P 500 earnings this year are only projected to be up a little less than 1%. So um, so you're not apt to see a whole lot of price growth there in the S&P 500, and the total return may be, you know, will be a little bit better uh, when you factor for dividends. But, um, but by and large, um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, excitement in our estimation and is built up around um, uh, the prospects for index investing as they relate to the S&P 500 this year. What else have you worked on recently or, or are you currently working on that you think might be interesting for our listeners? Sometimes I kind of well, push this interview in similar yeah, methods well, and try to break out of that. It, it's uh, along the same lines of what we have been talking about. The column I published last week, you know, we've, we've had a lot of um, discussion, obviously, about Greece, you know, and what may or may not happen there and what it might or might not mean for, you know, global financial markets. But uh, I kind of, you know, divorced myself from that last week and targeted uh, the issue of, of earnings growth. Um, it's kind of one of those things, even though, you know, when we get into these periods of volatility, you start hearing more about valuation and the fact that earnings aren't there, but it does tend to get pushed to the back burner every now and then, which is really interesting considering, you know, earnings are ultimately what drive this market or should drive this market. And, um, you know, what I did, I essentially 
reviewed the first quarter earnings reporting period, which was better than expected. Um, and we saw some modest earnings growth there of about 3%. But interestingly, uh, all through that reporting period, you saw analysts continue to take down uh, their estimates for the second quarter, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter. Um, so it, it, it's a really peculiar situation here. Um, and the market, I think, uh, again, is having you know trouble trying to um, you know break out at these uh, to higher highs here, uh, knowing that uh, the earnings picture doesn't look all that exciting right now. And um, and I think there's also a great deal of concern here just by uh, the fact that the market, um, you know, hasn't had any major setback uh, for many years now. And when you have a market trading at high valuations, I think that causes some pause for people that uh, are fearful that when you get a setback, it could be significant. Um, and um, and we just don't know, you know what the catalyst will be for that specifically, but it's just one more headwind right now that the U.S. market is is dealing with. How important are numbers like housing and autos? Do you pay a lot of attention to them? Because I'm a jobs guy. If jobs are good, I kind of figure auto and housing will take care of itself. And I'm not saying I cheat, but I kind of like rock, scissors, paper, jobs always wins in my book. Right, and and those two uh, industries you talk about, uh, housing and, and autos, um, you know, are a huge source of jobs. Um, so, so you have to pay attention to uh, what's going on there in terms of uh, housing starts, um, which obviously we had a huge number here recently, um, and then uh, and then also in terms of you know auto sales, and um, so you know. Um, uh, Dr. Jeff Rosen, our chief economist, will, will tell you that you know housing is is certainly worth watching, but as far as the you know overall contribution to GDP growth, it's not as significant uh, specifically with the housing starts number. But of course, there's also you know that multiplier issue where you know yeah you build a house, someone goes in and they buy a house, well they have to do more than just open the door, right? They have to furnish the house. They have to maintain the house, things like that. So there's there's a greater uh, uh, residual spending effect that relates to housing. But the uh, starts number itself, residential construction, uh, and, and then the commissions that flow out of existing home sales combined don't, don't generate a whole lot of uh, uh, contribution to, to GDP growth. So probably from a purely economic standpoint, um, you know, uh, Jeff might suggest we don't put a whole lot of emphasis on it, um, but it does, uh, in my mind, I think, um, create a lot of um, uh, issues surrounding investor sentiment uh, and consumer sentiment. You know, you want to see housing uh, go up, and you want to see auto sales continue to pick up, um, and um, and so you do have to be mindful of what's going on there. But But obviously, you're right. I mean, employment is the is the big thing, um, and it's not just tied into auto and housing. You know, there's obviously so many other sectors that are wrapped up in those employment numbers, and that's why this Friday's employment report is, is yet another um, important one to, to keep a close eye on and to watch the trends in terms of non-farm payrolls uh, and hourly earnings. 2016 is kind of around the corner. If we kind of believe that the stock market's a discounting mechanism, we should start thinking about it. Uh, you know, six months from now, it'll be, I think, December. I mean, the year's halfway over. 
So we might as well start thinking about 2016. Uh, as chief market strategist, are you at all concerned of it being a political year where Republicans and Democrats are going to be running for president? Well, um, it, it does become interesting from that standpoint. And, uh, and you know, the thing about you know, presidential campaigns is that there's a lot of promises made. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's sort of this uh, halo effect surrounding the, the campaigning that uh, you're going to hear, you know, a lot of um, rhetoric that ties into the fact that things can be even better, you know, for the U.S. economy and that they should be even better for the U.S. economy. Um, and when you have an incumbent president, you know, that's been in office for two terms, um, you know, people um, – for whatever reasons, you know, they look forward to to new change um, and think that uh, if you know if they weren't happy under the prior administration, that better things could could come ahead. Um, uh, so, um, so it does factor into things. I think it's still really tough to determine right now, though. Um, obviously, with all of these people throwing their hat into the ring right now, and certainly on the Republican side, uh, to to get a, a good sense of you know, what the, the real hard-hitting issues will be that could ultimately, you know, drive the market um, as we get closer to 2016 as in, and 2016 unfolds. And in my mind, though, I think, you know, what really will be the driver in 2016 is, is kind of what's been the driver or maybe the lack of a driver in 2015, and that's really what, what's going to happen with interest rates, you know, um, and, um, and how quickly the Fed might move and for what reasons it might move and what that might mean ultimately for, for earnings prospects. Um, that's, that's really going to be the, the, the key thing. And the, the presidential campaigning is um, obviously important from a national standpoint, political standpoint, but is not going to be the uh, end-all, be-all driver, I think, for, uh, for the stock market. I'm talking with Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com's chief market strategist. We've got about a minute, minute and a half. Is there any final thoughts as we uh, close out this interview today? Well, you know, this is uh, shaping up to be a, a really important week. Uh, this month has some really important uh, uh, factors involved with it. Um, you, know, you have the IMF payment uh, from Greece, or, or we think the one might come on Friday. You have the employment report on Friday. You have an OPEC meeting. You have a G7 meeting, and then you have a Fed meeting that's right around the corner. Um, so in light of what we talked about, about the, the swings in volatility we've seen so far this year, we could see some new swings here in the next coming weeks. Uh, and probably just need to take a step back and uh, let it all play out without trying to uh, uh, get over-involved at, at this juncture. Are you kind of implying a, a, a take a, take the summer off? Uh, I'm implying that right now take a few weeks off. <laughs> gotcha. And we'll see what happens from there. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. You can find him online at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. With me, you can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I have a big event coming up Thursday night in Burlingame. You can sign up for it at robblack.com.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Anything you want to talk about, we talk about. Um, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. I got an email yesterday that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I share this with you because a lot of people think that, like, this is going to sound bad of me. But a regular listener of the show asked me for personal advice. And I can't give specific advice via email. I clearly will say that. I can send out an email with generic newsletter advice with a lot of disclaimers on it. But giving someone specific advice is very, very tricky because you get into a scenario where um, you have to disclose information. I need to know your age, your income, your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your experience, suitability. You know, I could sit here and generically say, hey, I think UPS to me looks attractive. Um, it invested a lot in technology two Christmases ago after it, you know, it blew it or two Christmases ago, it blew it, didn't get packaged there on time. They invested in a ton of logistics, ton of technology, um, started changing the way they price things. Like I saw a guy try to ship a guitar. He was offended by the cost to ship a guitar across the country. It was almost the price of the guitar, um, just because it's an odd shape. So UPS isn't in the business of losing money. UPS is in the business of making money and delivering things. And retail, if you go to malls, no one's there anymore. If you listen to like Starbucks conference calls, they'll say, hey, no one's here. So connect the dots. Consumers still spending money. You know, on a year-over-year basis, it looks great. Now, winter seems to be a bit of a drag for the Northeast because we've had insane cold, just like we've had an insane drought in California. Um... Which, for the record, they're starting to see um, an El Nino starting to pick up in Australia. And that should be good for California in the next 12 months if it plays out like it's supposed to. Um, but again, we kind of predicted that last year as well. Uh, but some of the recent storms in Texas kind of t- imply rain is coming through the weather people that I study. But anyway, um, giving very specific information is very tough to do. And again... You don't know me. Um, for me to say, you know, hey, UPS looks attractive to me, that's my 20-year time horizon. That's me going, hey, I don't mind a dividend. Uh, that's me going, if this market corrects, you know, there's certain companies that will not correct as much as the overall market. The companies with PEs of 60 are going to get hit a lot worse than the companies with PEs of 15 to 20. Um it was interesting because when I told the guy, you know, I can't give you specific advice, he kind of jumped down my throat. And I'm like, okay, fine. I don't need you. And I moved on. That's something that you have to really grasp as an investor is that you have to understand that, you know, um, you have to come up with things that you do your own and things that make sense to you. You know, again, let's just stay with UPS. I can talk about the stock for sure. And how about, how is it in context if you own Facebook and Google and Apple? Well, you're a little bit more diversified because currently all you have is, you know, uh, internet companies or, you know, tech companies. I think you get the idea. It's frustrating because when I hear people talk on the radio like, hey, annuities are great. Eh, No, they're not. The cost structure is usually typically too high. Um, I think you should buy insurance for your insurance. I think you should buy investments for your investments. Um, yeah, I have insurance on my home. And yeah, I have insurance for long-term care in case, you know, 
I hit 70 years old and I can't take care of myself anymore. Yeah, I've got insurance in my car. I go with the cheapest ones um, because insurance is a commodity. So to insure a stock portfolio, what's the point? I've got some markets up at all-time high 7 out of 10 years. So what's the point? People who insure the stock market are looking pretty stupid. All annuities are looking pretty stupid because you don't get all of the market upside. Um, and we hit record highs on the NASDAQ, the Dow, and the S&P in 2015. Record highs. So that annuity's done you no good. With that said, uh, be very, very cautious on how you construe financial media, implement it, and what it means to you. Because throwing out a lot of advice in financial media, whether it's the internet, the radio, or television, um, you know, I've listened to a satellite radio station where the Wharton School of Business, you know, bought a station. Um, and some of the advice that they have is downright silly. And you can tell it's an infomercial. Anyway, back to business. Um, Apple, the big tech giant, in the news today. Um, streaming service, probably going to cost about $10 a month. Supplement it with a smaller selection of free songs with the channels curated and managed by DJs. Apple may also prompt people who buy albums on iTunes to instead consider the streaming subscription. As the report notes, it could prove more lucrative for both the company and record labels. Microsoft acquired a German startup called uh, Six Wonderkinder. I hope I'm saying that correct. They design an app called Wonderlist. And if you have, I have a friend who now has three Microsoft apps on his phone, on his iPhone. Pretty interesting. Intel got downgraded today because of the reports of buying Altera. Altera is a big acquisition, expensive acquisition. It's all about getting into the Internet of Things. So it's a smart acquisition, but it's going to take time to digest and pay off. GoPro is coming out with a low-cost model. It's receiving an upgrade. Um, GoPro Plus LCD will include a touchscreen as well as an in-camera video trimming feature. Uh, camera will sell for $299. That stock has been on fire. It's a roller coaster of a stock, emotional stock. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Don't be shy. Hopefully you'll sign up for the seminar coming up. I try to give as much good information as I can at these events. Um, 630 to 9, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. CFP Chad Burton will be there. A lot of information about income and retirement. You have to have a strategy there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.